back, everybody, to TRB Live. Thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday evening. Or if you're listening on your favorite podcast app, thank you so much to however you have entered the base today. Welcome in. It's going to be a good time as we close out Ahsoka. Uh, and we're going to talk all about Part 8, The Jedi, The Witch, and The Warlord, uh, written by Dave Filoni and directed by Rick Famuyiwa, uh, the closer now. For Star Wars. So we'll talk also about how we felt Rick did compared to how we closed out Mando. Uh, but uh, I'm John. With me as always is James and Lacey. How's it going, guys? We made it. We are finally here. Eight episodes come and gone. And we are here to close out Ahsoka. Uh, so how you feeling? Feeling good? I don't want to be here. <laughs> like, I want it to be one more, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'm I, yeah. not happy this series is over. I felt like it wasn't long enough, which is, you know, a good, I'm sure, problem to have when Lucasfilm's hearing this. Like, I wish it was longer. I wish we got more, and I don't like open-ended cliffhanger situations, which we knew Dave Filoni was going to do to us. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought that we would get any level of, like, the end on this because... They told us that the movie's yeah, coming and that it's tied into everything. That. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you had yeah. said that you said that you thought they were going to leave it open ended, but they were going to have like kind of like a, f- a nice ending, which is basically what they did. So you were right. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, she did. Morgan is so happy that he called this. <laughs> you guys have seen our chat. He's like arguing, like, but I, but I did this, and look, I said this, and I said I'm she like, died. What? And Thrawn would say, "We got enough. We we got what we needed out of her, and that's what happened." He didn't kill her. Someone else did. Ahsoka did. Mm-hmm. But uh, spoilers, by the way, to everybody who's joining us live. <laughs> but he did say, like, she. You knew she was going to die the moment that she. Like went in and being like, you know, for the for Dothamir or whatever. You're like, oh, she's gonna die. Yeah. When yep. she said that, yeah, line. John. In your defense, you could argue that it was Thrawn that sent her to her doom. That's right. That's right. Um, but good, good thing for the actress. She only had to wear the black contacts for one day, or one, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> creepy. creepy. Such a creepy look. Yeah. Spooky. Um, very, very indeed. Yeah, a lot of spookiness in this episode, uh, including confirmation that maybe those troopers weren't dead, but then they became dead after they died. Uh, we'll, we'll I think that it's a combo. I, I really yeah. do, because I know people are coming at me being like, you were right, you were wrong. They were partially coming at alive. you? Wow. Yeah, some people. Not like angry. I made that more angry than it probably was. It was probably like a casual like, hey, I actually don't think they're dead. And I just made yeah. it seem like they Yeah, it's interesting because if you look under there, they, like it looked like they were already decomposing. So it's yes. like you didn't, you didn't get that way troopers, because of the blaster bolt. The black ones, the death troopers were legit zombies. Those guys, so yeah. So that's why I'm saying like, I think they were all dead. And I think what the spell that they gave them was something that made them more like 28 days later and less Night of the Living Dead. Where they're they're like, like, that one guy who was like choking Sabine was like, <laughs> right. It was very like Walking Dead, like aggressive zombies, which yeah, by like the way, she, I don't know if anybody. Yeah. Was, but I never was scared of zombies until 28 days later where they're like, oh, no, they're going to chase you down and kill you. And you're like, OK, so I can't even get away. Yeah, um, that's where I felt the difference was. I felt like they're all dead including mm. Enoch or whatever that guy's name is, but they put a spell on them to make them more aggressive and keep yeah. coming back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. 
But uh, we'll get into all that. But uh, before we do, uh, we just want to thank everybody who is joining us live. And if you are and you want your comment read on the show and us to talk about that, we have the Super Chats available. Uh, I see we already have a couple. We'll get to those in just a minute. Um, But make sure you, if you're online, whether that's X or wherever, share our post that we are live. Let's try to fill up this chat here. Uh, we got about 100 people in here already. So let's try to get that to 200 maybe. Let's see. Let's close out Ahsoka with a bang and have a good time uh, talking about this thing. So... Uh, before we get to the final, maybe final forever, who knows what happens with the series, Rosario scale, uh, let's get to a couple of those super chats right now, Lacey. We totally can, John. <laughs> I don't know why I said <laughs> All right. You just make yourself laugh? <laughs> yeah. I don't well, know why I said it like that. Christian, pick a, pick a lane, bro. We were just talking to you on Patreon and you're Chris on there. You're Christian on here. I can't. All right. Christian, what He's up? Christian. Yeah. <laughs> he wrote, bam. First super chat before he even went live. Beat that Joey JK. <laughs> I love you guys. And I've wholly appreciated your coverage throughout the Ahsoka series. Here's to the next one. Cheers. Cheers. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, buddy. Man. Next is David Provis, Proby One Kenobi. What up, David? Looking so serious and sick. Uh, allow me to commend you on your efforts today. You've been a worthy opponent. I regret we haven't met face-to-face. Perhaps now we never shall. I know you because I knew your master, Thrawn. That was so creepy. Like, that was the moments in the episode that you're like, ah, he won. He won this one. (laughs) Yeah. Also, he's he's very theatrical and dramatic, Thrawn, with just the way he speaks. I I came out of this being a Thrawn fan. And it surprises like me all, guys. I don't it like Thrawn. You don't like Thrawn? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just think I'll he's get such a into unique, why. cool villain, you know? I'll get into why, too. But it's it has nothing to do with, like... I just don't like him. Like, I don't like Thrawn. It's not the execution. It's not the look. It's not anything right, like right. that. It's uh, like me David. with Palpatine. I hate him. Yeah. Um, thank you, David. David, uh, one quick thing oh. about that statement too is that uh it kind of reminds me a little bit of that moment when gideon showed up and was like i know everything about you your first name your last name where you come from blah 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 who you're friends with like it was like this thing uh i know you because i know your master and all this it's like man like he figured this all out he knows everything about who he's going up against and uh what wins the day you know what i mean he's a big threat right now but just because of his wisdom or knowledge on the battle that he's uh participating in so yeah very cool very cool line i feel like they made it clear though that when morgan sent over the information she's like this is all we have and it was just like a couple things but just knowing who her master was it was like as soon as someone says that she's like oh no um all right stubby one what up stubby one uh he (laughs) said 8.5 out of 10 rosario's final episode 9.5 five out of 10 Rosario over the season. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. series sets up so much lore and future installments of star Wars. I can't wait. Yeah. There is so much here, man. I don't even know where to begin, but we're Thank you, stubs. right now. Thank you. Like that segue. It's nice to be right oh my gosh. Siri's talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> did, did Siri say it's nice to be right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. How did that happen? I don't Whatever. know. All right. Well, we are going to get into it now. We're going to get into the Rosario scale uh, before you said James. overall for this series. That's probably where that uh, came from. 
Uh, that's it. All right, let's rate this thing. Let's go through it zero to ten and see what we think about part eight, uh, the cleverly titled Jedi, Witch, and the Warlord. Um, I'm going to start this thing off, and I'm giving this one a very good, very high 8.5. I really enjoyed this episode as I enjoyed all the episodes. Um, I thought it was up there with of the best live-action Star Wars TV um, I thought a lot of the action sequences were cool um, and just not enough Balin, of course, especially knowing that that's it for Ray Stevenson, which is very bittersweet because he was so good. Um, but we'll see what they do to carry the legacy of that character and honor him as they move forward. But overall, I thought a very good finale. I didn't go into this expecting a closure or an ending. Uh, so I think that served me well. I, I saw a lot of people being upset that they didn't get enough of an ending. Um, but that's, you know, it's Star Wars. Like when, you know, uh, Empire Strikes Back ended and you had to wait three years to find out if Han Solo lived or died or if Darth Vader was really Luke's father, you got to wait sometimes. I know it's 2023 and we need our info as immediately as possible, but this mm-hmm. is a springboard into the next thing leading to that movie that we hope gets made. Uh, but so I'm going 8.5. I really enjoyed it. Very good episode. Uh, now we're going to throw it over to James for his final score of Ahsoka. Um, I gave it a nine. Uh, it was not, in my opinion, the best episode of this season, but very strong episode. The only thing that I think um, kept me from, I mean, the parts were a little slow, but uh, I think one of the biggest things is just like, moving moving the mouse you know and seeing how much is left and going they're not even going to talk about balin and shin and some of this other stuff i you know and i'm like what is happening and just like i understand it is what it is but it was the first time when you know john you say pretty often not enough balin or not enough of x character it was the first time that I was like really amped to figure out more about what was going on and felt let down because that was not in that finale. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, I mean, it was a great scene, but I got to say it. I'm, I was disappointed that we had already heard his last lines in the last episode and didn't even know it. I agree. Good point. I too. was like, he had man. zero lines in this one, uh, as yeah. did Shin, but she yeah. will carry on. But yeah, good, a great score again. And nine, we threw nines yeah. around like, like it was nothing on this series, which wasn't the case yeah. with a lot of the other ones. So Lacey, your final score for Ahsoka part eight, lay it on us. John spoiled it. It's a nine. I spoiled it. Did he I didn't spoil it? Gave. No, I didn't. He said we've been it. throwing away nines. Like, Oh, they're nothing. Yeah. He's like, so Lacey, what did you score? <laughs> That doesn't mean you were going to give a nine. A nine. (laughs) I'm back at a nine. So I thought this episode was great. It was a solid uh, finish to the series. It wasn't my favorite episode. I didn't give it like a 10, but I thought it was a very good nine. I think as John was saying, some people are unhappy that, you know, they didn't give us all the answers. I felt like it was like too many questions. I I feel like there's a, a balance, pun intended, of when you're going into a series or something and you're at the end of it having one or two cliffhangers but not leaving it to the point that you're like okay so like nothing is resolved (laughs) like nothing happened it's just everybody's in this like known moment of like what happens now 
Um, and my anxiety was peaked. And, uh, so that's why I gave it a nine. Cause I thought that this, I thought the lightsaber and action sequences and like moments between characters were so great, except I don't know why Hera didn't hug Ezra. So weird. Um, <laughs> but besides that, I thought, uh, it was a really good series. One of my favorites. I, that's interesting that you bring that up because I was going to talk about that later. They cut away before there's any really sort of conclusion to that greeting. Yeah. But I also wonder if maybe she has some issues with Ezra that we aren't fully aware of that maybe she didn't want to wrap and hug him. She she had oh, this sort of... Better? I don't know about bitter, but she definitely mm-hmm. had this look on her face of, of shock and a lot of wave of emotions and... Um, people in real life react way differently to things than they like to portray them in movies and TV. And it could have been that, or it could have been the fact that maybe there, there is something there that we need to unpack when we revisit these characters that maybe it's not the most glowing of, I'm so glad to see you. So we'll see. I, I I don't think Dave Filoni would skip out. Or it's at a what cost thing, you know, he comes back, but nobody else does. So Sabine didn't come back. Right. And, and yeah. he had Sabine and Ezra hug. He had uh, Ahsoka and Ezra hug. And maybe those were a little subdued considering the, the spectacle of how much it took to reunite and, the, and the, the low percentage chance that Ezra probably thought he would be found. But he had those hugs happen. So I, I don't think he would have skipped out on that hug. You know, it's making me think back to like, oh, I can't believe that Layden hugged Chewie. It's like, all right, you know. That, remember when that was our biggest problem as Star Wars fans in 2015? <laughs> so, so now we're back JJ to that. I'm okay. I'm okay, I'm okay that, that a hug not happening is our biggest problem. We're, we're, yeah. We come full talk, circle. Talk about how Ezra was wearing that Stormtrooper armor, which probably smelled like death and decay and <laughs> just disgustingness. Like maybe that's yeah. why she didn't hug him. She was like, yo, you reek like yeah, death. Right. Yeah, the only one that went up was the character without a nose. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. No, inter- yeah. interesting thought though on the the maybe she has issues with Ezra uh, because I think that could be a cool little storyline in the future where we're where we've speculated um, here on the show that Jason might uh, go under the tutelage of Ezra, right. and that could come at a cost of Hera being like, I don't. I don't want him to, especially to you, the right. guy who, you know, I lost Kanan because, you know, of this or that or whatever. We got, yeah, we, there's got to be some internal conflict in Star Wars and it doesn't look like we have it anymore. Like there's resolution between Ahsoka and Sabine. Sabine and Ezra are good. Ezra and Ahsoka are good. There's got to be someone who has an issue with somebody and that could be it. But we'll see. We'll see. Which is cool about this because there's a lot to speculate on and we'll do that uh, towards the end. But our scores then, James, uh, TRB, us three, an 8.8. So a lot of... oh, the, oh. Yeah, yeah there it is. 8.8. A lot of Rosario on the board. Uh, mm-hmm. we, th- we thank you, Rosario, for gracing us with your presence this whole season. Uh, and then we flip it over to our patrons who evened it out an 8.8 for the patrons. So we are one with the force, balancing <laughs> the force between TRB and our patrons. Great so scores across the board. 8.8. Uh, amazing. So let's get to a couple of comments out of the resistance base. 
Checking in is Commander Sean Santarude, who said, it's a solid nine. I knew they weren't going to wrap up all the story details, but what we got was pretty awesome and surprising that Thrawn and Ezra escaped, but Ahsoka and Sabine were left behind. Uh, and then we have Spice Runner, Neil Shaw, checking Ooh. in uh, for another nine. He said, beautiful season and really liked that last touch at the end with Anakin. I think what hurts is that this was Ray Stevenson's last performance and there's so much to explore and we can't experience it through him. Solid otherwise. Love the touch of I try, I do. So much to love, but I think the finale felt incomplete with all the setup built on prior episodes. Hope there's more. Surprised there was no end credit teaser. Um, So I'll comment to that real quick. I think the final scene was sort of the teaser because take from when we see Balin to the end, that right. could that's easily a post-credit scene in any other Marvel show or anything like that. But Filoni's yeah. like, why would I dump it after the credits? It's part of the show. We're putting it right in there. And mm-hmm. the, yeah. the, the Anakin reveal as well, of course. The only question I have for you guys... And it felt like Rebels, too. Like it it did. felt like, like we're, now we look at this person. What happened with this person? What yeah. happened with this person? Right. And it's a wipe right. for each one of them. Um. I know we have a super chat to get to, but um, did, what did you guys make of Sabine's feeling? Did, was she sensing Anakin and Ahsoka wasn't? That was my initial I'm thought. actually more interested to hear what you guys think about Sabine having force sensitive oh, powers. Well. Because I think this was a big discussion leading into this, during it, that everybody was like, I don't want it. So Mando I'm curious what you guys think about that before I get to the other stuff because obviously i think she did feel well, anakin well what do you think about my question first though i said she did feel anakin you yeah, think you I, think she felt anakin and yeah, she didn't? had an awakening in the force i i think <laughs> yeah i think that she during that episode when she was pulling the lightsaber and stuff i think that was the beginning of her and there also ahsoka was ha- or they were having this conversation um it was actually not ahsoka it was um hu yang and ezra and I had heard something that I really hadn't considered. And I don't know if they said it earlier. They said they had problems and, you know, that was their issue. But it was the first time I felt like I had totally gathered that the reason Ahsoka feared uh, Sabine becoming a Jedi or unlocking her potential was because she may turn to the dark side if she if she actually had those abilities and she would take it out as like revenge or vengeance. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't think about that. And so then now when I see her getting the force, now that she's, now that Ahsoka's okay with it and she's starting to unlock it again, the idea of her having force powers now is becoming a little bit more interesting to me. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm like, oh, cause she, she might not be, she you were very who, adamant, though, that you thought it would ruin everything if she had force powers. Like, you were the strongest person that was, like, very much... Am I wrong? I no, thought that was a big thing that you I were I thought like, I was. I don't want this. I didn't I think, want it. I said I she that, the whole time. I think that John might have been the strongest because I do have that tendency of, like, just tell the story and I'll go along with whatever and I may or may mm-hmm. not like it. Right now, I don't feel like I like it. Yeah. Um, but I'm starting to lean towards it because <clears throat> I do think it could be kind of interesting if they did do the, she has to struggle with the dark. If they want to open that door. 
But it's been that they've done that so many times. Man. I I mean that's the story that's the story of everybody. Uh, yeah. I yeah, I I don't like it. I'll admit it. I don't like the fact that I felt like she out forced Ezra a few times on this episode. I found I that to be a little scared. Strange. I think he has a lot going on. He's been through a lot of trauma for 10 years. Yeah, I guess so. Is she, he admitted though. not going like, to the family fortress. got killed. Like, I don't know. I understand that. But she was with people she cared about and loved the whole time. He was by himself. That does a big thing to you when you're on a planet by yourself with a bunch of turtle people. And then they're like, hey, Anakin or not Anakin. Hey, Ezra, why? What can you tell us about this fortress? And he's like, I didn't even come over here. He woke up the witches. I, oh, sure. Did sure, all this but stuff. I didn't do I, any of this. Like, I that still don't. Me is scared. Yeah, I agree. I still, I felt, I felt like Ezra was a, a little weak still for my for my taste, but I I will accept it. Like seeing her like go from not being able to lift the cup to all of a sudden she could push Ezra five hundred feet. I'm like, okay, well, all right, we're going that I, big. Okay, I disagree. Uh, yeah, I think they should have flipped that. It she should have been like, there's no way we're gonna make that jump, and Ezra be like, we can do this. Just you got to trust. That would have seemed more. I'm gonna do the yeah. jump. And you gotta push me, you yeah, know. Yeah, I need more you like to, them. to do that. And she's like, "Okay, you know, like give her the confidence, but, but him <clears throat> be the confident one." But at the same time, you know, it is what's in place now, so I'm going to adjust and and mm-hmm. see where they go mm-hmm. with it. So, it it wasn't what I expected from Sabine. I I like the fact that she was different from them, and she was uh, she was like our our Mandalorian in the group, and now I feel like she's not abandoning that because she's still using her Mandalorian weapons and her culture. But it definitely hurts it a little for me. But anyway, that's okay. I'll I will adjust and we'll move forward when, with Jedi Sabine. Um, when everything comes together, we're gonna have Mandalorians. We're gonna have Mando and Bo. Right. And then you need your Jedi's. You got your. Uh, your Sabine and, or you've got your Ezra and your Ahsoka and then you've got Sabine, which is both, you know, it's like, and Din Djarin's going to roll up, like <laughs> get behind me. I got this. And Sabine's like, no, 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 I can use the force dude. Get behind me. And he's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, but overall, uh, I, I, which he didn't show up. I was wrong about that. I thought he was going to show up by the end of this. They made yeah, mention of Mandalore, they but they did, yeah. did not show up, which, made me sad but i know a lot of people were happy that he didn't take over this series as well yeah that it was too much of the force for for mando to stick his head in there but um Mm. but yeah we'll see well i mean sure there's going to be a reunion or uh a coming together at some point of course but i know we have uh, a bunch of super chats before we get into our favorite moments and our discussion so uh what do we have lacy Yes, John, we do have some super chats. Why are you saying like that? <laughs> That's twice She's now. Pausing. She's trying to buy some time as she pulls it up. Oh, as, I, a, as I flip I tabs so. here. Uh, Mike Lovins is up first. What up, Mike? He said, I appreciate the nod to the book Death Troopers by having a death trooper by, by the biting zombie. Mm-hmm. Mm. That was so creepy. I hate scary stuff, guys. And this episode was gross. Yeah. My, not my fave. My sister-in-law said um, she, she was talking. She's like, I don't know, d- zombies like really in Star Wars. And, I, you know, I was kind of like, it's not crazy. You know what I mean? Like we I, the sequel trilogy is about bringing Palpatine back to life. You know, it's like it's not that we haven't gotten that stuff before. And if anybody's going to be able to do it, you would think the witches of Dathomir. Yeah, you and know, he's even like, more conscious being a dead body than they are. 
Like they're just literal zombies. Palpatine yeah. is like he's got his rotting hand, but he's like still able to use powers and stuff. So yeah. yeah. Gross. <laughs> I hate Palpatine. Thanks, Mike. Uh WC one three seven six C. Thank you for the super chat. Love your picture. It's like a pirate. Is that French? And- uh, I don't know. Is French? It? Yeah. What are you talking Italian. about? That it's not a name. name. So it's a joke. Oh, okay. Uh, season comment. Tonight, folks. <laughs> season comment. I believe they could have drawn out the season for a few more episodes. You know, character exploration. Even us diehards would have liked that episode eight. Too short. R.I.P. Ray. Biggest loss to the new Star Wars universe. I would say biggest loss in general. He is such an amazing actor that not just Star Wars, like the world is not as, as a creative, wonderful place without him in it. Um, great point, though. I I strongly believe that the season was too short and it didn't give me enough of a story. I think the only story that I was like somewhat like, yes, this makes sense, is the transition slash arc of Ahsoka herself, which makes sense. It's the Ahsoka series. But I feel like everything else, I just didn't get enough. But that's just me. Do you guys feel the same? I just, I th- oh, go ahead, James. I'm I was just going to say, I feel like there were so many characters that mm-hmm. it was tough to do that, but I loved right. all the characters. So I'll take that as a trade-off over, you know, focusing on Obi-Wan being sad for three episodes or whatever. You know? <laughs> it It is, it's interesting to me that like, you know, when Mandalorian first started, we were all about like, oh, cool, like 50 minute episode. And then, you know, like, oh, tw- 28 minute episode, you know, and it's like, all right, well, just tell the story that you want to tell. And as many episodes as it takes is what it is. But three seasons of Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett and now Ahsoka have all been eight episodes, whereas as soon as they can break away from Dave and um, uh, and John, you get Obi-Wan that's six and Andor that's 12. It's like the other people are telling the amount of episodes that are necessary to tell the story that they're telling. Whereas John and um, Dave seem to be like, it has to fit into eight episodes. And it would be kind of cool if they broke away from that a little bit, given different series. It's like, you know, I think Ahsoka could have been longer, you know, but yeah, I think, I don't know. I feel like we should have gotten at least like the reaction to Thrawn being in the universe or like, what's next i think they just left it where this felt like this episode before the finale where it was like what's gonna happen i thought that too the only the only thing on that is it still feels weird like we would have gotten one more episode with them being like now what do we do you know i feel like that feels a little bit more (laughs) but yeah i don't know it's tough i think well also don't forget you know this is Dave Filoni's first time writing a full live action series. So maybe he, there's lessons he's going to learn from that. Um, Cause there were parts in this episode that I felt like, and I, you know, I love the rise of Skywalker, but like JJ had to move that movie fast. And George Lucas likes fast star Wars too. His whole thing was let's go fast, fast, fast. Um, he's like Ricky Bobby, but like smart, <laughs> but I seeing Ezra like building his new lightsaber was just so, it was it was like he was making a microwave dinner. He was like in the kitchen. He was like putting stuff like stuff together. But how like, cute is it that he had like a Harry Potter moment in the best way possible of like right. him and Kanan are the only ones that have these two pieces. Just like oh yeah, I love Voldemort. it. I just <laughs> I, I just wish it. I wish he had more of his moment 
And I almost wish Hu uh, Yang wasn't even there. I wanted to see like Ezra just maybe even like talking out loud to Kanan who's not there or something. I just wish that that scene breathed a bit more. I still liked it. I still loved it. I like how playful Ezra still is. Um, but I, I just, I know seeing him build a new lightsaber when they've conditioned us that lightsabers are these big important things and these these long journeys to go on them. Like, where did the kyber come from? Where that kyber crystal come from? Does he have a drawer full of kyber crystals now? Are they not calling to people anymore? Are we not bleeding them anymore? I What's going on with the like lightsaber? He was just using somebody else's kyber. Like, yeah, just like when he lit it up and it was blue. I was like, that doesn't. You know, I'm probably the the person that hangs on to that the most. But like, I was like, it wouldn't be blue. <laughs> that that doesn't make sense to That's me. That's the thing, though. I like that it's back to this way where it's like it's a weapon. And I, I, I like that much more than it being like that. Oh, that crystal called to you and all that stuff. So uh, I love I that Hu, that Hu Yang was there. I thought he was a highlight of this series. And I thought that he really added to those moments because mm-hmm. he showed the history. That's why he was there, like for the history between characters and history of the Jedi or like, reminding everybody where it came from. Cash, casual <laughs> audiences, maybe to fill them in. You know? Sure, but I just loved that he was there. I thought he I was mean, a great character. Just a few minutes Fair. ago, I said Hu Yang was the one that filled us in on the real story between why Ahsoka pushed uh, Sabine away. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. I think he's he's there to fill in what we need to know. He's um, <laughs> he's he's good for that. That's kind of his. He's his the Poe Dameron, the, the Captain Exposition. Lacey, <laughs> yeah. you got uh, Hu Yang over BB-8 yet? For favorite no. droid, no. Right. Look, I like Hu Yang. I like a lot all the droids, but I mean, I still like BB-8. BB-8. We should do a Kessel Run top droids. Mm. Mm. Next up is Mickey Bell. What up, Mickey? Oh, look at your dog pic. Love it. He said, "I see you with that celebration T-shirt, James. Wore my Leia one just the other day. Overall, I thought Ahsoka was really fun series. Finale was okay." I agree. Thanks, Mickey. I, I love wearing this shirt, except for on the show. It always just looks like Luke is like peeking over. Like, yeah, he's like Wilson from Home Improvement. Hi, guys. How you doing? <laughs> Not with uh, that. Book. Next <laughs> yeah. is Freezy. It wouldn't be a show without Freezy 2324. What up, man? He said, in the last 10 years, uh, couldn't Thrawn have located Ezra with the help of the witches the same way they located Ahsoka a couple episodes ago? I don't think they're they've let on freezy how rough it was for them for those 10 years. Like I think they've left that open to be told in a book or a comic of like how bad it was. I would even say Thrawn knew exactly where Ezra was and he wasn't worried about him because he's by himself and he probably kept track of him the whole time while he's building up his thing. I don't even, I don't know if it's that because he then said to Morgan that one time he, you know, he fell victim to the heroics of a Jedi. I think he probably was just like, I'm not even going to touch him because he can't bother me. I'm going to focus on what I'm doing because there was like a kind of pride thing of like he defeated me well i'm not gonna worry about him because i'm the one that's gonna end up defeating him i'm playing the long yeah. game yeah he, play, he plays and, chess not checkers yeah 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 and it definitely seemed like there was one line in there where he says well, we'll give you the the last known whereabouts so it's like it that to me felt like they were focused here but like they'd keep an eye out and if they saw him or if he got close or something they'd be like we saw him over Which there then ezra you know? wasn't even bothering them either so they were both yeah. like I'm going to stay over here. He knocks like, or that's the other thing. He's Long eating soup with just... turtles. They're like, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he's being their master splinter. 
<laughs> I mean, maybe that's the other thing. Maybe a long time ago, they just tracked him and they said, we're just going to keep keep an eye on him. And that's it. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a it doesn't book. seem I like think he's going to try to attack them. So, yeah, Ezra Thrawn book of the 10 years that is like ripe for someone to tell that story. Uh, thank you, man. Thanks so much. Uh, maybe maybe it'll be like the Obi-Wan series where like nothing happened for like 30 years and then somebody's like something happened they all went off world and (laughs) (laughs) Mickey's back again hey Mickey love your dog uh, he said, Ahsoka gave me live action, Rebels crew, Thrawn, amazing Kiner music, amazing casting, Hayden coming back. I'd make a lousy yes. Jedi, though. Zero patience. I don't me have any too. patience either. It's real bad. Real yeah. Bad. I'm coaching uh, five-year-old soccer. I have to have patience. <laughs> good luck. Yeah, buddy. Uh, <laughs> next is Stubby Wani's back. What up, Stubby? He said, Sabine says, Shadow and Starlight, often used to describe uh, Abeloth and Legends material. Sabine senses what Balin does. That is a good point. We didn't really talk about that too much. So the question is, did she sense Anakin or did she sense what Balin was doing or like that poll that he had talked about? Um, that is a great point. Hmm. Because there's two options there. And the question is, which one is she feeling? Like maybe Anakin was just standing there and she's like, no, the thing behind you. <laughs> yeah, the weird thing was... Uh, I was watching with the subtitles and whatever that beam of, you know, light was coming down. Uh, mm-hmm. It said like hopeful music. And and I don't think what Balin was looking at was necessarily hopeful. So I don't know if she was feeling what he was feeling, but maybe Anakin. I, I don't know. And I I'm thought glad- it was hopeful, though, to him because he's saying I'm <clears throat> to going yeah. to change yeah. what's going to on him. here. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Great I, point. To... to to clearly state it up, I think she felt Anakin. I don't know. That's a good point that like Ahsoka didn't feel, but I, I just, I don't know. Sometimes I get this impression that Ahsoka has entered this new world of like awareness. She knows Anakin's out there, you know, and it's, they're just showing you sort of Sabine's perspective on it because it's new and interesting to her. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Or maybe she, it's the thing that like Ahsoka always feels Anakin with her. Like since they've had that fight and they had that moment in closure, like he's just always there with her. That's what, yeah. Whereas Sabine's like, like, oh, what is this thing? Yeah. She's one with him and he's there and and he's always there. I'll I'll always be with you sort of thing. Like, right. Right. All right. Thanks so much, Subby one. So then we have nerdy underscore Seb. What up, man? Love your uh, pick. It's like a really cool helmet. He said, it's been a while, been busy, but good to see you guys. Good to see you too. Also, great episode, but I guess death troopers are actually death troopers. <laughs> yes, they are. I think they always were, right? They were zombies in that Legends novel too, right? Gross, gross. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much, man. Uh, Anders you. is up. What up? He said, so Balin Skull looking for Mortis? Question mark. We're going to get into it. Time to get into it. <laughs> we're going to yeah. get into it, Anders. We have, some, we have some answers for you, but thank you so much for the super chat. We'll bring you back up in a little bit. Matt Lawless, what up, Matt? He said, hey, TRB, do you think Mando season four will be Mando, Carson Tava, and the Rebels crew hunting Empire Remnants? And Ahsoka season two will be mainly the group on Peridia? That's a good question, Matt. We're going to hold on to this after we have our chat because we actually haven't even gotten the chat part yet. I know, it's crazy. Yeah. So I'm going to keep this question. We're going to come back to it. it. Thanks to Super Chat. Space Cadet underscore one. Thanks to Super Chat said, I really wanted some kind of reaction to Thrawn's return. I was imagining Thrawn arriving above Coruscant in the mass freakout, but alas, we wait. I agree, man. I said the same thing. I was like, I felt like it was just very 
We're going over here. Okay. I'm okay with that being episode one, you know, yeah. of what of the next thing. Yeah, he's setting up shop in uh, Dathomir, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks so much. We're going to get into our discussion. We will get back to Anders and Matt's questions shortly. Um, yeah. So uh, let's get into some favorite moments. Uh, quote, shot, <laughs> whatever. Uh, what's, what's the matter, James? I just think it's crazy that we're 40 minutes in and this is like one of the first things we do. Normally. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, hey, it's the last one. Got to go yeah. big or go home. Uh, Lacey, you're up first. Uh, favorite moment from the show? Um, So I'm going to give a two-part answer. My favorite moment was Anakin at the end. I thought it was like a really nice way to wrap everything up and like Ahsoka kind of being there with Sabine and it was like a hopeful moment after all this uncertainty. Um, and plus, anytime I get to see Hayden again, like having his moment is always just like a thumbs up, double thumbs up for me as a Star Wars fan, because it's like, dude is living the dream life right now. He gets to be a Anakin again. It means that we're going to see him more. Um, I'm all for it. Uh, as for shot, which is the second part of my answer, I realized that Rick really, uh, I always slaughter his last name. Famayua. Yep. Not even going to try. Uh, lovely Rick, uh, loves tracking shots where they're, they're going in and they're coming out with the camera. Um, and he had a awesome, epic, badass shot at the beginning of the episode with Thrawn, where he does a tracking out to reveal the TIE fighters leaving above his shoulders. Oh Mm -hmm. my God. Did it look like a propaganda poster, like war (laughs) type thing? It was a stunning shot. And he did very similar shots with Ahsoka when she's battling with Morgan where she like slices her and then it kind of pulls out and then pulls back in. He loves those tracking shots. So the word of the day is tracking. 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 All right, James, what do you got? Um, My favorite uh, is got to be a very specific shot. It's kind of twofold, but, but it's um, Ahsoka with white lightsabers, Sabine, with green lightsaber on the left, Ezra with a blue lightsaber on the right, which made the the blue lightsaber thing a little bit more okay to me. Would have still been it would have been cool to have green on both sides, um, but I did like to. I, it had this just strong feeling of like, yeah, Star Wars lightsabers, this is awesome. It was like it kind of had the um, that feeling of the. Uh, uh, prequel trilogy where like all of a sudden there's like a bunch of lightsabers and Jedi's everywhere and stuff. And, you know, it's like, it, it just was really cool. I, I say it was twofold too. Cause there's one shot <clears throat> where Soka like jumps at the camera and does like an awesome, like cut, you know, and you kind of see the other people fighting in the background too. And it's like, man, this is just so cool. And like I said, it reminded me a lot of those scenes in the prequels where you just see Jedi um lightsabers and stuff everywhere and you're just like mm-hmm. man i can't believe i'm looking at what i'm looking at on screen mm-hmm. yeah i um <clears throat> i of course you know the epic shot of Balin, the final shot of ray stevenson uh right on the wrist of the statue of the father um looking out um i thought that was huge but I'm always going to like that stuff and I'm so bummed that that's just it. Well, I really am bummed out about that whole thing. But my other favorite shot is I don't think this was Rick family. was best. Um, I think he did better with the finale of season three of Mandalorian 
directing wise. I think some of this stuff felt very claustrophobic and it was supposed to look spacious, but some of it, I was like, that's not really there. Like I, I felt that in this episode where I, I didn't feel that way about this series. So I, I don't think this was Rick's best directing job, but I will say, I think he gave us the best shots of Ahsoka. Um, so say, say with that what you will, the show is called Ahsoka. It is her show. I think she looked the most like Ahsoka should look. And like my favorite shot, I think, is what the one you picked for our thumbnail for this episode, James. I think mm-hmm. she looks so good um, with the two lightsabers there. Like I could see that shot in Clone Wars or something, just like verbatim. I think he did a great job of capturing Rosario Dawson. So I don't know if they clicked really well. Uh, the fight scenes, I thought that he did a great job with. So I, I, I will shift and honor Ray Stevenson and say him on the mountain, yes. But I think that shot of Ahsoka like posing with her lightsabers after just whooping those night troopers is just so badass and so cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. Now let's just get into it. Uh, yeah. 40 minutes in uh, and talk about this thing. Um, do you guys want to tackle those super chat questions first to get us warmed up or do you want to wait? Yeah, I think the big thing that everybody's been talking about is what Andrews brought up, which is the Mortis stuff. Yeah. Which this is James moment to shine. (laughs) Uh, I did go back and read a bunch of stuff on this, so I am Mm -hmm. ready to discuss it. Uh, but I'm not going to lie. I I think this, when you get into stuff like this it is understandable why the casual fan will be like, What? But knowing oh. that this stuff came from George, as in George Lucas, you understand why Dave is continuing that on. But I'll let you guys kick it off. Yeah, James, so, you can go ahead. I, 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 don't, I don't love it. I'll be honest. I don't love that they're doing <laughs> this. But, but I, uh, I think Lacey brings up the point that g- it gets me the most excited, which is just like we sometimes think of this as like Dave's thing, but this is also George's thing. Um, and this whole concept of, you know, Anakin being the chosen one and the father being like, that's you. When I heard it was, when I heard you, that the chosen one had been born and found, uh, I had to, I had to see him, you know, and, and all this. And I was only able to watch two of the three, uh, Mortis episodes today. I went back and watched the first two. Oh, nice. Just Mm -hmm. to kind of refresh a little bit. Um, but it was, I, I think it's just been one of these bigger through lines that seems to kind of get overlooked a little. It's not overlooked, but it's like one of those things where like as soon as you bring it up, people go, yeah, I've heard a billion theories about it. Um, and just to see it like um, being told, being shown that you're not unheard. You know, it, we are doing this. This is, this stuff is important is always just really good when you get that feeling. And I don't, I don't necessarily know, um, that it's a bad thing that people that don't know about it are, are finding out about it. I mean, I've watched tons it does explain of Marvel where Balin is talking about like fairy tales and Ahsoka gets right. into the fairy tale stuff too. It explains those two characters what they were talking about because for episodes we were all like what story are they talking about it's this one obviously 
That's a good point, though, too, because when I was rewatching the episodes today, I did have a thought where I was like, how big of a fairy tale is the story of the father and and the kids and all that? You have to remember because- that in Obi-Wan and Ahsoka woke up thinking that it was all a dream. I don't think they remember it at all. Right. They just it wasn't wake that up. it was a dream. They just, yeah, it never happened. Um, so, but, the, but the weird thing to me is that when they show, when they showed up, they didn't know who the father and the mother and the son were. So this right. fairy tale seems like it came from them, but yet they, they don't remember it. So <clears> it's like, where is this story that Balin's talking about? I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's it all kind of interesting. Yang. <sighs> yeah. He said be, he I'm, would tell all the Padawans, these stories of the galaxy, and she's yeah. always like, oh, well, the second one was my favorite. So you have to wonder, what is he telling them? I want to I want to say now, I don't know if you guys have seen it on my Twitter or whatever, but I posted something where I was like, hey, there's just a theory. I'm throwing it out there, but I'm starting to really land on it that I think Balin is the son. If if there is some truth to like each one of them being connected somehow, because in the past, I've thought Anakin, you know, the father, the chosen one, the one in the middle, the balance, all that, that makes sense. And obviously the, the ties to Ahsoka and the daughter makes sense, but the son has always been a question mark and Starkiller would be cool. Cause it would be the other Padawan of Vader, you know, the evil version or whatever. But I am kind of curious that we don't really know a whole lot about Balin and Anakin's history. He says at one point he goes, few know what he became, which means he does know Anakin became Vader and Balin or when Vader became Vader, he was top dog. So if Balin was around in any means, that means Vader was above Balin and could have treated him like an apprentice of some sort. Um, But the problem with that is that when you talk about the the father, the son and the daughter and what they represent, mm -hmm. Balin was very clear to Ahsoka that she represents death and destruction and everything that she does and that he does not represent those things. So if you're saying he's the son, he doesn't represent those things in his own mind that he doesn't he isn't murder and destruction and whatever. He wants to start something new. So wouldn't that lean him towards like more of the daughter side of things, which is like bringing life and whatever. I but if you like I went back and listened to those episodes today and I was like scrutinizing it through that that theory of mine and the son does sound a lot like Balin like he's mm-hmm. like oh I'm not Sith I'm not Sith the good the dark the dark it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. we will destroy it all you know like we can mm-hmm. fix this galaxy and bring peace and that's all quotes from the sun you know and I also and I know Ahsoka you know, has the convoy who appeal like yeah, reveals itself yeah. to her at the end of the episode, which was really cool to see in live action, uh, which is the colors of the daughter. I get that. It's just it's very weird to me to be like, oh, yeah, he aligns with this character. But it's like, does he, though? Because he's very. But at the same totally. time, the son was very much like I'm doing what's right, whereas that's what Balin's doing. So, yeah, uh, John, uh, why? Are you leaning on this as maybe not a good move or you're not feeling it as much? No, it's not that I'm not feeling it. I got to see how it plays out. It feels very Lord I, of the Rings more than Star Wars to me. Yeah, I I don't know how much Anakin's going to play a role in this. And I don't know how it works or how they're going to make it work with someone who's dead taking on this role, which to me, they were alive, but it was in this different dimension where time stood still when they came out. Uh 
it's just one of those weird, like the weirdest, it's the weirdest thing in Star Wars. It, it's the mm-hmm. weirdest thing in Star Wars. And I yeah, have to probably. see how they're going to use it the same way I had trepidation about the world between worlds. I'm like, so we're, we're bringing that in and we're doing this. It's like, oh man. Uh, so, but I don't necessarily think it has to be like, well, Ahsoka's a woman, so she's the daughter. But I think because of how she took on the spirit of the daughter, that one makes sure. sense. We'll check that one off. Mm-hmm. Sure. I, but Balin's standing on the statue of the father, which is pointing in the direction. I think he's, he thinks he's the father. I think he's looking to take on, he wants, he doesn't want to be second fiddle to anybody. I think Balin's like, I'm achieving power greater than you ever imagined. I think he's 100%. the one who wants to be the architect. He's one of the father. That, so I think the son, I think the yeah. son could be Sabine. I think Sabine. No, no, no. Could be the- but hear me out. Hear me out. Those episodes, that's exactly what the son does. He shocks the father and he says, I'm tired of waiting around to take the power. I right. want the power, you know? Right. And he tries to kill the father. So if if this if you're saying the son feels like he's the one who should be at the top, <laughs> that sounds like Balin, you know? Yeah. So I, I don't know who the son is. I don't know if they're trying to make it Sabine or, you know, cause they, they are flirting with like the reminding us that, you know, Ahsoka had trepidation on training her because she wanted revenge. And, you know, revenge is obviously that big word that ties to mm-hmm. the dark side. Um, Yoda beat us all over the head with that. So I, that one's the big question mark to me. Cause I, I personally think Balin's going to take over the father role. And I, I don't want Anakin to have that big of a re-entry because you know, the Skywalker saga is over. Anakin's story was told. I like the idea of those people having a presence when needed to help our heroes get to where they need to be. Like, why would Anakin show up and like get involved with this thing? But then in the end of Rise of Skywalker, where some fans were like, I wish Anakin showed up and helped force push Palpatine, blah, blah, thing, which I hate. I, I don't I like, like that. that at all. <laughs> I think that would have stripped away so much from Ray's journey. Um, why would he not show up there? But then he's going to be like, you know what? We're going to do this whole Mortis thing. I mean, I have a lot of questions about the sequel trilogy at this point. Like, (laughs) where were all these people? Like, this this is a lot That might be why they're introducing this stuff so that they can wrap them around and and come back the other side or something. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I love that we have... There's so many ideas and every time either one of us say something, I'm like, oh... Or someone in the chat or someone I talk to, I'm like... There's so much swirling around. I I love that stuff. Speculate as irresponsibly as you want. I don't believe in speculating <laughs> responsibility. I love you, Ken and Joseph, but as long as you're not expecting what you're speculating, do right. whatever the hell you want. I think I am going to bring up yeah. the super chat from Steven, which is his first super chat. Thank you so much. We're hey. honored that we're your first super chat. Uh, he said, embrace the weird. It's true. Yeah. I love the weirdest part of Star Wars. I feel like this is... I don't know if weird is the right term for this. I feel like this is like mystical, like you're getting in more of the fantasy stuff. Fantastical. Weird to me is like the turtle people, Jabba the Hutt. (laughs) That to me is weird. Um, But I I agree, Stephen. We should totally embrace it. I just think there's also a piece that you're like, oh, man, like how much research am I going to have to do to understand this? You know, I'm I'm also aware that I don't think Dave or anyone has ever really implied that there are like there is the father, the son, and the daughter. And then we're gonna figure out who the 
character mm-hmm. counterparts actually are later down the line, and we're trying to right. put that all together. It is possible that that's just not even a concept. The the father asked Anakin to take over his role. Anakin right. said no, and the father goes, but if you turn this down, it's just going to bring a bunch of problems to the galaxy, which happened. So it's like that may be it, you know, and, and just no one ever replaces or embodies or metaphorically stands in the position of the, those characters. They just are separate characters. But if that is the case, it is fun to sort of imagine how things balance out. It's like, oh, the father balanced his kids. Like, okay, Anakin may or may not be balancing some of his children or protégés or these other characters that are light and dark or something like that. But who knows? I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's, I just think it's cool. I do like Lord of the Rings. Lacey, that's a good point. I like seeing this awesome character stand and it's pointing and it's it has all this history. Like they even have Jetta, the exact same you know? statue in Lord of the Rings of the men that are like, they right. go through yeah. the boats, go through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, it's so cool. Yeah. yeah I'm going to try to get to a couple more of these super chats. So we can get more into this discussion, but Matt, thank you so much. We're coming back to you. Super chat. He said, Hey, TRB, do you think Mando season four will be Mando, Carson Tava, and the Rebels hunting down M- Empire remnants? And will Ahsoka 2 be mainly the group on Peridia? So the first answer to your question, Matt, is I don't know if we're getting a season two. I think we are, but they haven't announced it yet. What do you guys think? Sure. Season two? Or do you think it's going yeah. right into the movie? No, I think, I think it's got to happen. I think the movie's ways away. Ways I think- away. I, yeah, I think there'll be a season two, but I don't think it'll be on Peridia. I think that'd be rough. I, I think we spent already too much time on Peridia. I feel like Peridia well, was like... Well, they have like, to solve all the Balin stuff. Yeah, but I think we're going somewhere else. And how, wherever that that <laughs> that mountaintop is with the glistening top. It's Peridia. Or, uh, no, but I think that might be like the gateway to Mortis. And we'll be going there oh, for Ahsoka season oh, two or oh. something. So I get what I, you're saying. Yeah, Peridia just seemed, it's very bland as a planet. And I think it was like just sort of used as let's make the dullest background possible so that we focus on the characters. And they <laughs> did what they needed to do. And I don't even mean that like jokingly, but sure. Like they did what they needed to do to get us back to zero. And like, all right, Thrawn's going back home. Ezra's going back home. That's kicking off. And now these two are here. Where do we go from here? Um, it also comes down to, you know, budget and stuff like that, of course. But I, I think there'll be a season two. Mando season four, I have no idea because I did not expect what, you know, if you compare season one of Mando to season three, completely different show almost. So right. I, I don't even know what, the, what do you guys think? I have no idea. I about feel Mando like Mando four. season four has to be that hunting down Empire remnants with Carson Tava because Carson's like, hey, come work for me. Well, what is Carson doing? He's checking mm-hmm. out what people from the Empire are doing. So blend ranger more was, and more ranger, he, republic with yeah yeah he seems like he's on the side with Hera he believes what she's saying you know yeah um I, I like yeah, that th- yeah I definitely think Ahsoka season two happens uh for Mando season four I don't know it, it's it's almost interesting to picture where all of this is going to go because what we've been seeing in this is that the um the new republic still doesn't want to believe that there's a problem and we we're thinking right now that, Oh, well, when Thrawn comes back, you'll see it's a big problem, but that's actually not the case. New Republic doesn't seem to think there's a problem with the empire all the way through till the first order. So I don't really even know how much of a threat Thrawn is going to be to the huge, to the 
galaxy. It's mm-hmm. probably going to be a small system of planets that the New Republic goes, what happened over there? And we're like, we defeated Thrawn, you know, and, and they're, oh, it must not have been a big deal. And it's like, <laughs> it was a big deal, you know, like we still have to end Filoni's movie with the New Republic being like, meh, about military and building it up and stuff because the sequels trilogy still has to happen. Mm-hmm. Totally. Do you think, do you, do you think there's one, only one more season of Mando before the movie? I've always said, what is it? Three. Wait, we did three. Four seasons in a movie <laughs> is what I said. Five total. So then Mando season four will have to do whatever they need to do to lead up into the movie where Thrawn is the villain. So I think James is sort I of I think that's to, a like, perfect timing for that. I mean, what more yeah. do you need to tell? You know? Yeah. Season, so we got Mando season three, Ahsoka season one, Mando season four, Ahsoka season two. And then the movie skeleton crew. Oh, and skeleton crew that will tie in, you know, in some way as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it would, I mean, and, and probably not, but you know, there's always that small percentage chance that they do reinvigorate the Rangers Rangers of the New Republic. But I think they're going to work that into it. I think they're going to work that into a Mando. Yeah. Whatever the idea was, it's already kind of in there. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's showing up in other stuff. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That show already came out. It would have been the five Rangers who was with Hera in Ahsoka. And we'd have been like, oh, that's a cool crossover. But instead, it's just Carson Tava. It would have been murdered all these people. (laughs) Bill Burr. Yeah. It would have been right. all of them because Bill Burr, yeah. she, remember, she was recruiting Bill Burr. She was like, oh, that guy. OK, you know? Yeah. So. That's yeah. funny to think about, like, if that all would have worked out, that would have made a lot of sense and been like a really cool cameo <laughs> and moment to have all those characters there. Yeah. I yeah. saw someone today saying online boldly. I was very surprised that they were like, they're going to, you know, shelf skeleton crew and never release it and i was like are you bananas <laughs> no that's bananas sorry i'm laughing i've just i just had this picture of bill burr like being like what's with all these space whales <laughs> like just, <laughs> just oh whatever whatever he traffic. does his yeah. thing yeah totally like <laughs> i can't get over this what's going on <laughs> like, all right Lisa, to, no to, to your point though like mm-hmm. i don't i don't know what to think of that I don't Someone know. said that online, and it, I forget who it was. I apologize. I would have given you a shout out if I'd known. I would have called you a banana because that's what I think that I, is, is banana. Wouldn't it be the old, like so funny? Like Star Wars completes a project, and then they they're would like, never shelve it. Has yeah, exactly. Won. That's what I'm, saying. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Uh, if it was like no name people, sure, but because Jude Law's in it and he's already done press for it, like there's no, there's no way. Stubby one makes what sense. Up, he said, Abeloth is the mother of the Mortis God's legend, twisted by the dark side, a being of chaos hell-bent on enveloping the universe in darkness. Is this from Legends? Yeah, it's not, yeah I think so. So, well, yeah, I don't know. The, um, I, don't, I tried looking a little bit into this because I've been seeing the word Abeloth pop up on Twitter, and I was it's like, a the mother thing, of the Mortis... Yeah, but... When would that have come out? Because I guess like when they did it in Clone Wars, Legends still would have been a thing, right? I don't know if he means it's Legends or if he means there's like a story like the legend of Mortis. 
but that's mm-hmm. canon. I, I'm not. I, I don't know. But I thought I I, I guessed it on uh, Orange Grove Fifty Five. Shout out to those guys. But they were talking about that. They're like, "Do you think it's going to be Abolith?" And that's where that's what Balin's trying to do. And I'm like, "I don't know." And what I realized was, that, you know, this was Dave Filoni's first live action show that he wrote and show and was the showrunner for. Mm-hmm. And he already took a Legends character that's been brought into canon in Thrawn and mm-hmm. made him his main villain. Mm-hmm. I can't see Dave Filoni being like, all right, I'm a creative executive, creative executive for Lucasfilm. This is my first show I get to be the showrunner for. I got my character Ahsoka with the creative I'm going to take this. And then I'm he's gonna, gonna just going to borrow things, all these different things. I don't think so. So I think... There's the Empire, like, Thrawn, this, that. Yeah, I think... <laughs> Thrawn is Thrawn's a big piece. I don't think it'd be very smart for Dave Filoni to be like, and then I'm going to use this stuff for over here and over here. Then people are going to be like, dude, then you're just ripping and you're just creating something. You're, you're, it's like being a cover musician. He's curating his favorite pieces of EU. It, yeah. It's being a tribute band or cover band. I think he's, he's got to be cognizant of that, especially with his role now as an executive. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't like, I know legends fans are very passionate and I, I always get yelled at by Legends fans that I don't read Legends, and I I just I just won't. I I like canon Star Wars. It's nothing against it. It's just my personal, um, like what I like. Um, but I I just can't see him doing too much of that because then he's gonna get a lot of guff being like, oh, this is the guy you say is the future of Star Wars, and he's taking stuff that people already did. I I just can't see that. So yeah. I don't, I don't so- think a lot of that stuff's happening. Thanks, yeah, I Toby. looked it up. Appreciate it. Yep, thank you. I looked it up. It looks like thank most you. of the Abeloth stuff comes from a book series that was released in 2010 to 2011. There were a couple of them called mm-hmm. Fate of the Jedi. Um, there and they just like there was like five or six of them: Outcast, Omen, Abyss, Allies, Vortex, Conviction, and Ascension. And Abeloth is is in all of these books that's where the appearances the character comes from so uh, I, yeah it must have been something post mortis that somebody was like yeah let's tell this story even more i just oh. love that people are able to speculate like this like someone that's mm-hmm. such a fan of the books is able to join the conversation and be like oh man it could be this this and this i'm happy for you guys i really am um yeah i don't know if yeah, that's exactly. gonna be the case but it's it's i'm learning a lot I will be honest about like yeah. stuff that's happened in EU and the books and whatnot. I'm not one. Yeah. I'm not here to rain on people's parades. I just have to, I just say what, what I like, you know, mm-hmm. I, if people mm-hmm. love that stuff and they want them to incorporate it, I'm rooting for you too, you know, but um, I see a lot of people in the comments talking about Cobb Vanth. I, what he to was going to be the one of the Rangers too, right? Or he was going to be a sheriff, take over for Boba Fett. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not reporting this or anything. But I'll just say I have a very good feeling that they're making another set of Boba Fett, Book of Boba Fett episodes. Mm. Is that feeling that it's like a season two? Said something to you, or like you actually just coming have- from the the cosmic force? Yeah. Okay. Someone. I think. <laughs> yeah, and I think Cobb Vanth will be a big part of it because look where he left off, and and Boba Fett's like, here's the keys, and we heard Tamara Morrison say like. I want Boba Fett to come back, but I want him to like kick ass and do Boba Fett stuff. He's going to be able to leave Tatooine, leave that to Cobb Vanth and go do Boba Fett stuff. So I think Boba Fett, I think there'll be more Boba Fett and I think it'll be a lot better. I don't want to say better because that's my opinion, but 
it'll be different than the Book of Boba Fett we got, and it'll be probably a lot more familiar to the Boba Fett we were expecting. Is Cad Bane dead? I forget. Or did they no. like... No, he's, they in the tree. he's in the Bacta. He's in the Bacta. And then the robot guy came in. Yeah, Cat they Bane? give him like a new shoulder. They're giving him like a new shoulder, and he'll be able to shoot quicker and stuff. The cool guy with like that was like operating on people, he came in to fix him. Yeah. Are you guys yeah. talking about Cobb Vanth? Yes. Cobb Vanth. I'm talking about Cad Bane. Oh, Cad Bane. Oh, you I think Cad Bane's Cobb dead. Cobb Vanth, yeah. didn't you? No, I said Cad Bane, and you guys were both like, he's in the back dead. I'm like, is he? I don't he's know. in there Cobb too, Bane. James. They're all <laughs> yeah. in there. It's yeah. a big back to tank. But what, wasn't there something like his the heart was his meter was still beeping or something. No, Cad I think Bane's. he's dead, dead. I think he's supposed to be dead too. Yeah. But I just yeah. remember something where maybe they let the some of these characters sisters, stay dead, man. If the night yeah. sisters roll up, he probably won't be dead. <laughs> That's all. I would love zombie Cad Bane. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's already ugly looking. Imagine like he, he rolls up as a zombie. Jeez. Sick. They were so creepy. The night sisters. We haven't talked about them at all, but they are supremely creepy. And I, still don't understand and someone can explain it to me i'm happy to listen the dynamic of why they're so connected with thrawn and why they're like we serve you like what is he doing for them he just seems like he's standing the there. sisters yeah the mothers mm. yes um, like so ezra said he gave a hint to it and he said he woke them up maybe he woke them yeah. up from those caskets which are more witches i'm assuming so if that's the case, then he woke them up. So then they're grateful that he got them out of their tomb. And if that's the case, like, is it like kind of like a Chewbacca thing? Like we owe you our life now because you yeah. woke us up. Maybe, maybe he says, if you help me get off this planet, I promise I will take more Dathomirian people back to Dathomir, the home planet and reinvigorate your society. And so they're like, whatever you need. With yeah, a that plan must be him. To vanquish them if he needs to. I just feel um, like it gets to a point that, like, when is that relationship going to sour? It, yeah, I agree. I think it is. When General yeah. Grievous shows up and kills all the Dathomirian people. He comes back too. Yeah. Everyone comes back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like Endgame. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's wild to think about. But uh, we also didn't really talk about the lightsaber fights. Um, which Gosh. I thought were really good. Yeah. Um, how about a, one of Ahsoka's blades gone? Cut in it half. Is right. Cut in half, yeah. Kind of surprising. Kind of took the fate of the dark saber where if you blink, it's like was well, it Ahsoka's got two sabers. The the, I, probably the small one. Yeah. It's gotta be the small one. <laughs> Could you imagine yeah. she spends the rest of her series with their like <laughs> side one? That would be weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But now she could just go to in Hu Yang's kitchen and make another one. So Yang's kitchen. Why are you calling it a kitchen? It looks like you know, you know why? It's it like reminds a me up. But no, I know, I know. But it reminds me of uh uh Baru's kitchen in uh like that little tiny kitchenette space in the New Hope where she's making her little like salad. Mm. It's, it's just little tight quarters with these drawers everywhere. So I'm gonna call it a kitchen, a lightsaber kitchen. It's kind of like droid workshop at Galaxy's Edge. I'm gonna bake up some lightsabers. Yeah. Ding! This one's ready. <laughs> John's picturing Hu Yang in like an easy bake oven over there being like, hey, what color do you want this? Who? Yeah, Hu Yang with an apron on. Oh, He's dang. Like, did I put the wrong packet in? <laughs> I did that once, by the way. I put a frosting packet in my easy bake oven and totally broke it. 
<laughs> who dang my mom was who dang <laughs> my mom was not happy about it those things are dangerous weren't they don't uh, they get really hot so basically what it was is it's like a plastic oven that had a light bulb in it that would get super hot like i don't know if anybody oh, yeah. ever had one of those clip lamps back in the 90s like my parents yeah. were like, reading light and it got the <laughs> like the temperature of the sun like it could have burned down my bunk bed and me in it and every but they were like it's a reading light uh it's yeah. basically one of those light bulbs that's probably really bad for the environment that went into this easy bake oven and you put it in and the heat from the light bulb would heat up the mixture to cook it well i ran out of cake packets and i was like well this must be a cake packet and it was frosting and it just exploded everywhere and wow. i got i got into trouble and i had to throw out my easy bake oven so that's Jeez. i actually am a good baker though so I came back. Will you will you redeem yourself and buy one and try again? Do they still exist? I know they have the creepy crawly yeah. ones for boys now that are like creepy oh, crawly sure jello I characters. Mean, I actually <laughs> don't know if those still exist. That, that was kind of in the like 90s, early 2000s. I'm telling you, they that. have the jelly ones now. It's like a they jelly. Might, I'm going to go on eBay they right now it, and yeah. order one <laughs> while <eBay>. we're podcasting. <laughs> oh, who yang. <laughs> Um, Easy bake oven. Uh, yeah, I think I can get one for like 20 bucks. It would be cool if they introduced Hu Yang into Black Spire. Someone like Hu Yang that's like has the history of lightsaber stuff that like you can go in asking questions and he'd give you all your answers and stuff like that. Like I know they have the uh, yeah. actors that do it with you, but it would be a nice time. Why, Why is this so cheap? <laughs> can I put it in the chat? <laughs> There's a there's crazy history around the Easy Bake Oven as far as They've like They've been making it forever. Yeah, there have been like um what do they call it? Callbacks or whatever. What are you doing? <laughs> John. Oh my god, I'm deleting your comments. What what are you doing? <laughs> Stop. Posting the Easy Bake Oven in the it's chat. It's now telling me do you want to put this user in timeout? I'm the user. Can you not <laughs> <laughs> we we sent TRB to Mortis because I post the Easy Bake Oven in the chat. Oh maybe. my yeah. god! Remove. Um, I just want to throw, throw out there too because I know we did, she didn't get a lot of light in this episode either. But like the Shin thing, uh, I yeah. still feel like she's got this Darth Maul storyline going on where she just like looks for the smallest piece of something that she can rule over. You know, and that scene of her like coming up over the horizon and the people seeing her and then she's like, I own you now, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. and I'm like, that's cool. Like, I just think that character is so cool and I want to know more about that. And I would imagine she's in Ahsoka season two and we are going to get a little bit of Peridia because it does feel like what well, you obviously got to get Sabine and Ahsoka and Huyang off. You got Shin that's still around and they've clearly set her up as the new leader of the it'd be cool if we see her next season and she's got like you know tribal tattoos on her face or something crazy you know like she's become their like um princess mononoke or something you know i thought mm -hmm. of but princess mononoke i'm gonna be spicy yeah. for a second though and just say that i thought her character was really boring like i liked her character in the beginning of the season i thought about halfway i was like she's just standing there she's pretty boring like she didn't really do much she, she was just hmm. like, I'm here, master. What should I do? I'm going to ask all these questions so that the audience knows the answers to these questions. And then he was just like, you're on your own. And she was like, what? And then she just looks yeah. like you're in headlights for the rest of the season. I just found her character really boring for the second half of the season. I mean, if you, 
if you take that's a fair point i mean yeah. i still really liked the the look of her and her fighting and the stuff first half she was legit and then it's just womp. <laughs> like, if you take away animated mall that is kind of what mall was in the phantom menace he didn't say right. much he just kind of just he was like oh okay but then <laughs> he got cool stuff. towards the end with all the fights and stuff right and i, I think she'll still have her time i i just because i hope she's not a throwaway I mean, I could see it happen because if things change with what they do with Balin, it might change with her because he said, I trained you to be something greater. And then if like right now she's, she's not there yet. So I think there's something bigger coming for that character, hopefully. And I think she's fairly young. So hopefully we're just scratching the surface. Um, I think, I think she falls in line with those characters that get, they, they think they have a bigger purpose. They get thrown away too early and they have to fight their way back to to prove to themselves that they have worth. Um, I, I don't know why the name is coming to mind, but Kira is like popping out to me. It's like mm-hmm. she has this story where, you know, she has aspirations of, of being something bigger. And then when she ends up inevitably being, you know, continue to be sold into slavery and all this other stuff and under the ownership of this other person, it's like it's just not the way that it goes. But as soon as she can figure out a way out of that, you know, she can kind of forge her own path that is very different than she ever thought she was going to be when the yeah. story started. So it's mm-hmm. like, I, I I think there's a long line of Star Wars characters that you could put into that category, and Shin is a new one for this particular group of characters. I yeah. do want to bring up this question that is, I think, kind of interesting as well. Jacob said, do you think... Uh, they changed some of Balin's stuff in this episode after his passing. And I think that's a big question as Star Wars fans we all have is like, what did they change after that happened? I'm going to be honest, and I don't think they changed anything because I did watch an interview right before this episode, uh, this live stream of an interview of at celebration of him talking about this. And he talked about how his character was on a quest and he's like, my character's on a quest. He's the catalyst to something bigger than himself. Like, yeah. That's what he was saying. And to me, that matches up exactly what we've seen so far. It's like yeah, he's going yeah. to something bigger that he doesn't even understand how big it is, but he's going to set off a chain reaction of sorts. Um, so that's why I don't think they changed anything. And and the other thing is like, we now, we're, the position we're in right now feels like it sucks because you've set him up. So why, what other storyline did you have where you've now changed it and mm-hmm. put yourself in the position where we're now owed more with that character and but you're not going to be able depressing. to deliver on it? Oh my God. You it made is that so decision depressing. after his passing. You know, it's like, that doesn't make any sense. I yeah. think for sure you're right, Lacey. This was the story that they were telling with Balin. They had plans in the future, but he passed. That's unfortunate then we're now in this position where they're like, we're putting everything he did on screen because he gave it his all. And that's exactly what we wanted out of him. This that's is exactly it. Part. Yep. Yeah. And if you look I at, agree. I like to look, I, I think Lucasfilm operates in patterns and they have rules, uh, un, like unreleased rules about, you know, how they do recastings and stuff. Cause there are clear patterns that they follow and you don't have to look for a bigger example than the fact that, you know, they didn't have, or he didn't being Ryan Johnson made zero changes to the end of the last Jedi. They didn't kill Leia off. They didn't mm-hmm. do anything. They had another movie to do where Leia was supposed to be the biggest of the OG three. They kept to what it was. And, and if you do that for Leia, one of the top three biggest characters in the history of star Wars, 
you can also leave Balin Skull's uh, original stuff and and figure something out after that. So I I, I completely agree with what you said, Lacey. I th- I mm-hmm. think it was also to honor you know him knowing he probably saw it and he's like he passed away seeing his performance to change that be for that reason oh, too yeah. would also feel a little little slimy. I do have to give a shout out to Diamond Figs, who's usually in the chat, uh, chatting it up with everybody here. What he, up, Diamond he's Figs? He's the one that posted that clip. He went back and found that clip of Ray Stevenson talking specifically about his character and nice. the quest and everything. And it's such a lovely thing because he's so into it and he's like so, you could just tell he's so hyped to be yeah. a part of Star Wars. Yeah. So it's like yeah. heartbreaking. But at the same time, I think it provides some clarity of the decisions that they made, even despite his passing to continue on with the character. And I, I agree with both of you. I think they're just going to recast him with another actor. And I think we as fans need to be supportive of that so that the character can continue on because I think Ray Stevenson would want that is that this, you know, the character gets his story. Yeah. Cause it's... it adds honor to that character to let it continue mm-hmm. on. Certainly. Certainly. Um, do you, do you guys think that we are done with Hayden Christensen then if Kenobi's not coming back and if that's the wrap on him for Ahsoka's series, do you think he shows up in Ahsoka season two or do you think they have other plans with, for him? Yeah, he'll be back. We're going to see him more. He's yeah. on, okay. he's on the payroll now. <laughs> yeah. Plan. And the, the pops he gets at celebration and, and how much fans have, you know, really started to embrace him and the kids who grew up with him are now the big voices and it stuff. It also like, ties everything together with Anakin. I'm yeah. also, yeah. I'm also so glad, like everybody was like glad that he came back for Kenobi and it was really cool, but like Kenobi didn't have like the best reception. So I was like, a little part of me was like, no, I feel so bad for Hayden. Like he does the prequels and they're great, but they're not well received. He does Kenobi and it's good, but it, it's not well received. It's like just so unfortunate. I'm so glad that he did this and uh, people loved Ahsoka because it was like, yes, thank Hayden, dude, you nailed it. You know, this was awesome. I'm so He's glad. So, so please come back and do more. Um, and Ahsoka season two seems like a perfect opportunity. Just however, you know, I mean, Ahsoka season one gave us like a weird flashback scene. You know, it's like they can do anything. Yeah. So do, right. do it, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, we have a couple of super chats and then we can maybe uh, give some final thoughts. And we uh, do. So uh, Christian, what up, man? Thanks for super chat. You said Thanks, so buddy. Yang just big chilling until Ahsoka called him. Awfully convenient the T6 was fixed right then, dot, 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 LOL. That's how it always happens, Christian. I I almost said Chris because you're Chris on Patreon. Christian, it always happens that way in the movie. It's always the right timing, perfect time. They're right there, jumping off the edge. It could literally be any movie. Mm -hmm. That's how it works. Hooray. Yahoo. Yeah. That's how it always happens. Ready to get out of here? Let's jump off a cliff. Like Ray (laughs) jumping into the Money and Falcon and stuff. Like It's just, it's always there. So Marty cool. McFly jumping off the Biff. Biff right. like, this episode, like Indiana Jones, they get they're on the horses and they get through just before the, the doors close. Uh-huh. You know. Uh huh. Frank Grande, what up, Frank? Or this episode where that same thing happened. That's what Frank, I was saying. Frank <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I got you. Frank is Sorry. so awesome. I'm just going to say that. But Frank, thanks for the super chat. He said, so many unanswered questions. I agree. Uh, he said, but I have to ask Lacey, have you forgiven Sabine now that she stayed behind to help Ahsoka? 
you know what i i honestly think i have in a way and the reason is because she sacrificed her own jump to get ezra on the ship however however many people die in the near future are on her because she did this like she could have stopped all of this but at the same time uh i don't take back what i said frank I do think that the choices she made was selfish, but at the same time, she's that character that needs to push the plot along and be selfish, like the Star Lord and Avengers who caused Thanos to get away. Like all, it's got to be there. There's always a character that thinks emotionally and not rationally, and just for hey, I need to get to from point A to point B. Um, but it seems like she will kind of validate that choice through sending Ezra home and helping Ahsoka in her journey because Ahsoka clearly couldn't take this journey on her own. So I would say I've half forgiven Sabine. I'm coming around. <laughs> yeah, I think that moment where Sabine you know, decided to not go because she was just about to jump and then she saw Ahsoka being in a little bit of trouble. I think that goes you know i like bookends i think that rounds out to her remembering the message ezra left for her saying like sometimes we have to do you know what's right and not what we want and it's showing her growth it was uh, growth yeah yeah that ahsoka now believes in her enough to want to train her again like she did make a mistake she she chose passion and she chose her heart uh which is selfish it doesn't mean it was wrong for everything uh to uh go to Peridia and help, you know, essentially help Balin do that. Ultimately, um, but, it was inevitable, though. If we're going to be honest, like yeah. ine- inevitably, Thrawn was going to roll up. So it's just yeah. that she's helped speed that process up. But at least they're cognizant of. Yeah. So she selfishly went to find Ezra and selflessly let him go and sure. stay back to to help Ahsoka. And I thought that was a really cool sort of. She definitely calmed down. She's not as angry as she was in the beginning. Like how angry Mm -hmm. she was riding the the motorcycle, then seeing Ahsoka, she's angry, (laughs) then training, she's angry. She's angry all the time. And like at the end when she's like, I just have a feeling, you're like, oh, she's like chill now. She's like- She's not like, yeah, angsty. Yeah, right, right. Someone brought up a funny point and they had a a few comparisons. I'll only remember probably one of them, but it it was pretty funny to see. They were like, so this series ends the exact same way rebels ends where Sabine sends Ezra or sees Ezra go off to a distant galaxy and, you know, or something no, like that. Yeah. and she's here and is he goes there. Yeah. I was like, Oh, that's pretty interesting. There were a couple other comparisons that were all in that same similar thing, but it, it is pretty funny to think that the whole, the whole point of rebels was to hopefully be together and Ezra like leaves to another galaxy. And then the whole point of Ahsoka was to hopefully be together and Ezra gets sent off to the other galaxy. It's kind of like, gosh, (laughs) darn it. Yeah. We did have one more super chat come in. Thanks so much for home. Damn. (laughs) He said, perhaps (laughs) Balin starts his own order of baddies with the next generation being the, uh, the called the adepts of skull or simply the skulls. Maybe I I see him kind of in it for himself though. He seems like he's very much like I'm doing what I want to do. I've mm-hmm. you know spent my time. I've paid my dues. This is me time, and that's why he sent Shin away. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of Shin with that too. had to no story left. The character. 
<laughs> I do like those are I like the the names though sounds cool Hamdam uh mm-hmm. as does yours <laughs> if that's your real name mm-hmm. that but, is your real name yeah no it's it's, it's it, who know we're not we don't know when we're going to find out the answers to all these but boy there are a lot of questions and I love it yes 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 yeah. yes yes um all right anything else before we hop out I really hope we get a season two. I really hope we just keep getting Star Wars stuff. Um, I hope that the actors get a good, the SAG people get a good deal. The mm. writers have gotten theirs. It's SAG's turn and then hopefully followed by visual effects because they deserve it as well. Um, and that we keep getting projects like this. Like this was such a joy to watch for the past month and a half and and chat with you guys every week and I'm excited to see where Star Wars goes from here because just so many things have been opened in live action that like anything is possible at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love, I love going back to the, the, you know, what we were at celebration and we were watching um, Gideon stand in front of these holograms and it's like, Arm or it's it's Hux, you know, Brendel Hux, and like, where's Thrawn? Is he gonna show up? And I'm just like, all of it's coming together. I know. It's so mm-hmm. cool, you know. Yeah. I love yeah. it. It is absolutely it's finally getting to that feeling that we loved the Marvel Cinematic Universe for for so long, and we're like, why isn't Star Wars able to do that? It's like it's in some ways this little pocket of Mandoverse has really felt like that. Or mm-hmm. like yeah. you can watch one thing and it is its own thing, but then it crosses over and it comes together. It's so cool. Totally. Yeah. And we got to thank, you know, Favreau and Filoni for, for weaving this together because they're really tying all these different shows and threads together, uh, which, you know, we've seen Marvel do on the grand scale in, in theaters, but what they're doing here is pretty impressive. So uh, I'm glad that they're here. I'm glad they're doing it. And I look forward to more. Uh, and leading up to whatever that movie ends up being. But it's exciting. It's an exciting time. And I really had a good time talking about this show. I I felt like most fans really rallied around it. Even people who aren't diehard fans seem to enjoy it. The, you know, fantastical elements of it and how it looked and how the actors performed. I think overall, it was just a really fun experience. And uh, I needed it. I needed it. I had a rough summer. So this really helped me out. Um, so thank you to everybody for joining us during this. Um, we're going to be back switching back now that, uh, there's no live action Star Wars show. We're going to flip it back to Thursdays. TRB live is still going to be TRB live. We're going to start diving back into the news and our takes on that stuff and all of our fun segments and all that good stuff. But back to Thursday night, same time, eight 30. Uh, so thanks everybody for listening, watching, being a part of TRB means a great deal to all of us. Make sure you're subscribed on your preferred platforms, whether that's audio or, uh, of course here on YouTube dot com slash at the resistance broadcast and tell your friends it means a lot uh, for us uh, if you spread the word and tell people and of course um we have our patreon patreon.com slash resistance broadcast if you like what we do and you want to support us tier start at just five bucks and uh there's a lot of bonus content on there we have exclusive podcast episodes we do polls we do live streams on there we do q and a's where you ask us about anything a lot of stuff so go check it out find a tier you like and sign up again uh patreon.com slash resistance broadcast uh special shout out to our generals and spice runners general carmelo john Reese, jetta rosewater frank grande nick kratz chris morales brian smith matt chitty danny mike ramori 
Matt Heath, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Sneaky Zebra, Aaron Ellington, Colin Cormier, Jolton Jedi, DiMaggio, Diana, and Dave Hornack. And the Spicy Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Michael Fry, and the Fort Worthian. Uh, and then for us, I'm at Johnny Hoey on all those normal social media apps and uh, my movie podcast, Just Like the Movies. Uh, we're doing the original Halloween next in two weeks. Uh, Lacey, how about you? People can find me on social media at Lacey Gillerin and on TikTok at It's Lacey Gillerin. And you guys are the best. Heart. Yep. And James. that's my Taylor Swift move for John because he hates Taylor Swift. Oh, there you Swift. go. I did. Can you not start fires? <laughs> <laughs> we almost you're, got out of here. You're the one that's tweeting stuff that you hate Taylor Swift. So I'm. I never said out. that. Find the tweet. Find the tweet. Find John. The tweet. John. Oh, you want me to find Taylor the tweet Swift. about you talking about how she said something about like, oh, she's gonna write some song about how this tight end was a dead end. Right. Basically saying that <laughs> yeah. she's a terrible like singer songwriter. That's that's your interpretation of that tweet. What Never did you said mean by that? But she probably will because she writes songs about her exes. John, you brought up Taylor Swift two weeks ago and you said you do not like her. I don't like her music. No, I don't. Okay, John. sorry. Let me adapt what I said. John does <laughs> not like Taylor Swift or her music. He doesn't hate her. Hates a strong. I never met her. Can't say I don't like her. Never met her. Do you like her? Would you go to her concert? No, I don't like her music. Why would I go to her concert? John doesn't you know, like Taylor I Swift. I think you. Music. Yeah, I think you actually hate uh, Taylor Swift more than you hate BTS. And you said you really hated BTS. <laughs> What's BTS? And, and Selena Gomez. It's so weird. You just don't like. I love Selena Gomez. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm just trying to find all the rabid fan bases I can. Like, bring them on. Yeah, I've, after I've dealt what with you the said worst. about Ninja and PewDiePie, I don't know, man. Just <laughs> like. I'm but, sure hey, she's a wonderful any, person. Yeah. If anybody um, wants right. to talk with me, you can find me on social media at Meyer Trends. Yeah, right on. All right, everybody. Thank you so <laughs> much. Uh, we'll be back on Monday with uh, another episode. So we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week, a wonderful weekend, and we'll see you next time right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids. <laughs> <laughs>